Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and today on the show we're talking to Ed Bird, co-founder of Bird Eyewear, the first B Corp certified eyewear brand in the UK, pioneering change in the fashion industry. Their frames are made out of certified woods, bio-based acetate, renewable cork, recycled aluminium, and they create exceptional designs and focus obsessively on quality and here to tell us more about bird eyewear is ed bird so uh, i'm ed one of the co-founders of bird eyewear founded the brand with my two younger brothers lawrence and paul and uh, yeah i guess in a nutshell our goal is to make better eyewear for a better world so me and my brothers, we wanted to create a brand that really kind of moved the needle in the eyewear industry. And um, we set about, we wanted to do it um, in a genuine, thoughtful, playful kind of way. Uh, none of us are from a fashion or eyewear or even an optical background. So like in that sense, we didn't carry any baggage or like prior knowledge which has been really nice because it means that like as we've started this brand our approach to eyewear has been completely different to everyone else in the industry so um yeah i guess for like for me and my brothers we kind of describe it as like we've gone from building dens to you know building a brand building uh, a movement but um yeah our, our goal is to make better eyewear for a better world and yeah, i'm happy to happy to unpack that a yeah bit more if you so like. just dial it back what was your background before you launched this and and did you have any transferable skills at all i think a lot of transferable skills my background was education so a com- i'm a very very different industry um i'm also a musician i'm a drummer i still um i still moonlight as a drummer for, for my sins Um, but, um, yeah, I've also been involved in a lot of events and kind of growing, you know, whether that's kind of growing projects in educational settings or outside of that, done a little bit of work with Ted. Um, so yeah, I guess all of those skills were very transferable in terms of starting with an idea and then you're just kind of tugging on the corners and seeing what comes next. And you're, you're you know, failing, failing fast and learning as you go. Did you have to do a TED talk? No, no, uh, n- haven't done a TED talk. Um, but uh, yeah, I was involved kind of on the um, in in the event organizing side. Cool. All right. I was just thinking my mind wandered off when you mentioned drumming that are there any cool drummers? that wear sunglasses exclusively. And I'm thinking nowadays, if you're a drummer, you've got so much more going on. You've got like the click track. You might even have like an operable program, drum kit, electrical things that you need to look at that you wouldn't be able to see on stage if it's dark and you've got your sunglasses on. So I don't think you see a lot. I mean, sunglasses are now just for musicians when they record music videos, not for when they're doing live stuff because they got so much stuff that they need to see that's technical, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time when I'm on stage, I can kind of barely remember all of the all of the little kind of <laughs> things and paraphernalia and um, in ear monitors yeah. and things that I need. Let alone kind of remembering to uh, put my put my shades it's on. Like, and then the game is up, really, when you have to take the shades off to do all the programming and look at the set list. It's like you know you're, you're almost a charlatan up there. Anyway, exactly. Well. I digress already. Please, Ed, uh, talk to me about, I'm very interested in 
how this got off the ground with regards to capital. Um, maybe you can talk about how you raised the funds for this. Yes, we first launched the brand um, kind of a, as, a, as a side hustle, as many, many brands start back in 2016. And, you know, we, we, it was kind of slow momentum at first while we were uh, making small iterations and just kind of getting to grips with, you know, how the industry works, how the products work, getting feedback on our designs and so on. And um, it wasn't until 2019 when we launched the, the company uh, that year and one of our frames called the Black Cap uh, one frame of the year at the Optician Awards, which is kind of like, uh, kind of like the Grammys for eyewear, you know. So all of the all of the big 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 brands are there. It's a global thing. Ricky Gervais yeah, presenting. Uh, yeah, that that, that kind <laughs> of deal. all the brands. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, so we we were nominated for Frame of the Year. We were up against some very big brands from you know Italy um, and like uh, LAI work works from from the states. But anyway, short story. We uh, we ended up winning, and that was a really kind of explosive moment for us. You know, we were this kind of small, you know, part time team from Devon. Um, so yeah, that was really the catalyst where we thought, okay, you know, I think we're we're really onto something here. People are really enjoying what we're doing; they're liking the designs and the frames. So we kind of set about cre- uh, creating our investment deck and laying out the story and our, our plans. And we reached out to a number of people, and um, it was through an investment platform called Worth Capital, and okay. um, uh, we ended up. Uh, we ended up getting investment through them, which was uh, yeah, which was really great, and that enabled us to launch with a full time team in January 2020. So we launched probably a month before the pandemic kind of hit and oh, all yikes. the lockdowns hit. So that was either uh, perfect timing or really bad timing, and we still we can't quite work it out. But if it's online, um, but so yeah, it's an e-commerce store. If I'm right, then the pandemic hitting will. I imagine affect supply chains and perhaps people might be knuckling down and seeing where their money's going because they're not making as much if they're being furloughed, et cetera. But at the same time, you've got more people in front of their computers, you know, with itchy fingers. So yeah, I guess it's, it could be a catch as catch can 50, 50 on whether that goes your way or not. Yes. I'd say it was a mixed blessing. Um, It was good that the online market, kind of it exploded but bad in the sense that you know people weren't going outdoors much they weren't going on holidays so there was less need mm. for sunglasses yeah. so we we very quickly um, orientated the business and we developed our optical side much quicker than we were planning to and we also developed our home try-on service and we launched that in uh, early 2020 so i saw that so is that, that when a- you have like four pairs of sunglasses that you can try on for a quid uh, yes, though. So, so currently, it's only for optical, only only for glasses. So that was something that that we were we were we were pushing that. So it was very simple for people to um, try on frames when they couldn't get to the high street because the high street was closed. Um, we did open that out for a short period for sunglasses as well, um, but now that's just for our optical. Frames. I see. I've seen on some sunglasses 
websites that you can actually have like a, I guess, an avatar or a 3D version of the glasses on how they look. Um, I don't know the name of the software, but is that something that you've seen also and something that you've considered? Yes, we we have that option on our on our website on, on um, almost all of our product pages. You'll you'll find a virtual right. try on. And um, what's I think what's great about the system we use we we work with a company in France to uh, to develop it, and it does it in real time. So rather than scan your face or upload a photo, you can you you can be there live and you can try on a pair of frames and you can turn your head and see what they look like and the sizing is kind of is accurate you know up to about three or four millimeters so it's very very close so it gives people a really good idea of what a particular shape or style will, would look okay like. that's interesting so you can go on your side i didn't get down to i guess the 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 trial outs or the virtual trial ons but you can you can do that all through your page that's good what would you say is the, the USP of the brand then, Ed? I mean, if you had to sum it up in a nutshell why yours is getting the awards um, and the notoriety, what would, you, what would you put it down to at the moment? Yeah, I would say, so our kind of USP is that we, we like to think that we're innovating for good. And as a team, you know, we, we love going the extra mile and just kind of taking things that extra step almost unnecessarily at times, but just to really kind of pr- prove to ourselves and to others that we're kind of going above and beyond to do things better. So whether that's like innovating, um, like different kind of materials for our frames, like our, we launched a children's range that was made from castor beans last year. They've been super popular, sold out really wow. quick last year. Um, and um, we do a lot of things with um, certified woods and other bioplastics, um, renewable corks, recycled aluminium. But, um, yeah, I think for us it's all about just taking that extra step. So just to give an example, our, the aluminium for our, um, for our recycled metal frames, we source that in Norway because the carbon emission footprint is lower because of the energy usage of the factory that recycles it. And, um, and so all of this stuff, we plug into our supply chain metrics and we kind of, you know, we work out all of the, all of the emissions across our supply chain as well. So we really kind of geek out on those small details and on the materials. And like we, we kind of extend that as well to packaging. So it's not just about the frames, you know, we make great glasses, but we make, you know, brilliant packaging as well. And we're kind of innovating that. And um, we, we kind of extend that ethos right through the whole company. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just about finding, we call it uh, the burdenness. So like, where's, where's the burdenness in this? And it's that kind of 5% extra right. um, that we're, that we're looking for. And, we spoke off Mike about how you might be planning to move some operations down to where you're based down in the south there. Mind, mind talking us through that? Yeah. So um, we've recently done over the last 12 months an innovation project, which we worked in partnership with Devon County Council. And, you know, we were fortunate to get um, some innovation funding to really kind of um, – supercharge our plans here in the southwest 
So for us working with manufacturers, we have manufacturers all over the world, and it's really about finding the right manufacturer for the right material. But we've always wanted to do things closer to home and create that kind of circular product economy. So, um, yeah, so this year and um, in in the coming months, we'll be launching a new range of products which are made in Devon from waste that's sourced from Devon. So in that sense, it will be a kind of uh, completely circular product. And then at its end of life, it can be sent back to us and recycled again. And so it's just, um, yeah, has a very low uh, carbon footprint. And so that's that's been a really exciting journey for us, just going through the motions, trying to kind of match up local supply from, you know, waste collection through to processing, through to manufacture. And um, yeah, so we're we're pretty excited about having that opportunity. Oh, that's really cool. But I mean, when you have to go through that kind of process, is it a long process? I imagine you're emailing councils, like government, typically nothing ever happens, the machinery of government as well. So are you just on the phone all the time going, where's my answer? Where's my reply? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a longer process than going to... Um, a normal kind of manufacturer going the typical supply chain route where you can call them up and you can send them a, a CAD design or a drawing or something and say, can you make this for me? And they'll say, yep, no problem. So we've had to approach it very differently and almost kind of start from you know, just the initial idea, you know, what's the material we want to use? Um, can we make something with this? Is it strong enough? And then we do a series of tests and we've gone through various prototypes that first we 3D print to make sure that they're kind of the right shape and style before we then create the molds so that they can be injection molded locally using waste material. So yeah, and I guess having the um, having the local in, uh, having the local council's involvement has been really helpful. They they bring something extra. Obviously, there is, um, there's a bit more paperwork, there's more bureaucracy involved, as you can imagine. But, um, but it's been really helpful. And it's something that we haven't been able, we wouldn't have been able to achieve it, I think, otherwise, or at least not not as quickly as we would um, have liked. Interesting. Well, you've, um, you've replenished my faith in local council and sustainable elements. That's really, <laughs> that's really encouraging to hear. <laughs> Um, do you, uh, switching gears, perhaps not so seamlessly, but when I think of like sunglasses, I often think of like actors and famous brand ambassadors and iconic films and stuff like that. Do you ever look at the films and think, crikey, Daniel Craig looks good in XYZ or, you know, Cary Grant on the train in North by Northwest. How do we get something like that on the go? Do you use any, uh, like cinema iconography to influence your designs at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are, yeah, there are so many iconic uh, kind of film stars. I mean, like, so last year, for example, um, the Maverick film, the Top Gun film with Tom Cruise. Mm. Um, we, we, uh, we did a big piece on that with our aviator style, our uh, recycled aluminium aviators, um, which, you know, for those, we took very direct inspiration from the aviation industry when we were designing those those frames and uh, and yes yeah, certainly when we're putting mood boards together for seasons and shoots or styles 
um, invariably there will be some kind of film imagery in there. Um, yeah, and I guess in, in many ways as well, like films, they kind of help shape the zeitgeist of fashion in terms of what's going on and what's current and so on. So, um, yeah, I think that, that can be really helpful. And are you conscious of like image rights and protection and IP and stuff like that? So, if, for example, if you did want to, you know, take Sylvester Stallone from Cobra which would be a very deep pool. <laughs> like, well, we love the yeah. glasses, but how do we kind of wrangle it so that we don't get any red letters? Yes, yeah. Always have to be mindful of that stuff. But, um, yeah, that's fairly easy to kind of just check that you're not treading on toes or, um, like, any any kind of design inspiration you're using is, um, you know, isn't kind of infringing on others. And I guess that that's, that's all part of the process when you, you have an idea and you kind of, you then look for, um, uh, I guess, kind of outside influences to help you know, develop the idea. But um, it's, all, it, it, it's always a journey that we will go on internally and we'll kind of validate it along the way. I'm trying to think of the most famous drummer that would be wearing sunglasses nonstop. It, I was going to say Nicky Six, but I don't think he wore sunglasses live. I think he wore them all in the videos. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think for most drummers, it's um, it's videos. Yeah, only. I mean, how often do we see? So this is one for the listeners. How often do we see drummers wear sunglasses whilst playing live? And I'm not talking about MTV videos where they're, you know, playing live to a studio audience and it's all pre-recorded. They have to see what the hell is going on. Exactly. Yeah. Answers yeah. on a postcard for that one. I mean, like, I just Google like Rick Allen. Rick Allen from Def Leppard lost his arm. <laughs> he was a drummer. And he was one guy that would never wear sunglasses on stage because, you know, you've only got one arm. You don't want to be baffing around with, you know, the prosthetic one trying to get the sunglasses off so that you can see the song list. <laughs> so, so. Anyway, <laughs> meanwhile, back. Sorry, I, I had a tangent there with uh, drums and sunglasses. <sighs> meanwhile, meanwhile, back one. in the interview, Ed, I want to know about uh, kind of uh, we spoke about the project down there in Devon. Have you got any future plans for exhibitions? Do you go to trade fairs? Any bricks and mortar pop-ups on the horizon for 2023? So for 2023, um, no plans for bricks and mortar stores. We are predominantly online D2C, but we do stock in kind of fashion boutiques for our sunglasses and in a lot of optical uh, stores, so mostly independent optical stores. Last year, we took the decision to separate out our D2C and B2B ranges. So from February, March 23, we will have um, our online styles, which are only available online. And then we'll have our B2B styles, which are only available to our optical stores. And in that way, it in that sense, it w will enable us to kind of curate a much kind of better fit for both audiences because they are very different. You know, people that are shopping online for eyewear versus you know, people that are going into their local independence um, absolutely need need both. And there's you know, there's so many benefits in in having both. You know, the, the ease of shopping online is is fantastic, but you know, sometimes you can't beat going into an opticians and 
and trying lots of different pairs on and having that face-to-face service. So yeah, for us, it's been, um, we've wanted to cater for both, but do it really, really well. So that's something that, that, that we're looking to do this year. Are you trying to pitch to like Selfridges or John Lewis or anything like that? Is, is that also thinking big? Not currently. We are, um, we are joining some slightly bigger optical groups and we've got some bigger um, kind of B2B wholesale opportunities on the horizon. So this year we're also we're looking to do another investment raise to kind of help us with that next step as we, as we scale things up further um but um yeah most of the time it's stores that come to us and they say we love the product you know these fit really well with what the consumer is looking for in terms of you know being um more environmentally friendly and and so on being a bit different and um so yeah most of the time it's stores that are that are coming to us rather than us actively seeking out awesome Ed, thanks so much for jumping on. It's been fascinating listening to the uh, the makings of the business. At Find Your Birds is where you're hanging out on Instagram. Is that where you hang out personally? Is it you behind the scenes there too? Uh, yes. Well, you'll find myself and my team there at Find Your Birds. Um, you can very easily find me on Instagram or LinkedIn as well. But um, yeah, at Find Your Birds. That's for Facebook, Twitter and instagram as well and you can keep up to keep up to date with everything that we're that we're doing and um everything in the life of the birds <laughs> cool. and that's the website also findyourbirds.com great yeah. that's where we can go and do some shopping brilliant all right ed well thanks for jumping on and until next time You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.